Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good weather, good heat, good grief, 89 degrees. Gosh, Brian, can you do anything about that on the news here on KMOX? Scott Mosby at your service. We've got a full hour, so bring them on. Let's get going. These are questions and answers regarding your home, anything around your home, health, heating and cooling, Uh, perhaps more cooling this time of year. But uh, anyway, we can talk about that. Phone lines are wide open, all for you. Mano a mano, 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. We're going to talk about all things about your home. The air conditioning season is upon us. FYI, the uh, energy consumed by your home uh, in St. Louis, this part of the country, is about 55% for air conditioning. So when we talk about HVAC, the lingo in construction, heat, vent, air conditioning, effectively, it's more important that you control or economize with your air conditioning system than it is your heating, just by about 5%. It's still still pretty close to half and half. But just to get more attention around that, and in St. Louis, how much of the humidity plays a fact in sizing of air conditioning systems. So you'll hear a whole lot about it. The long and the short of it is make sure you get the right size unit for your home because if you oversize it, it sounds like, you know, more is better and more is not better. That means the air conditioner system turns on and off quickly and it doesn't run long enough to remove the humidity out of the air. It does remove the humidity because all of the fins and the coil inside the air handler, you and I would know it as a furnace, but inside that metal box, those metal parts inside from the air conditioner get very cold. And as that happens, the air, moist, humid air, flows past, hits those cold fins, and just like your iced tea glass, condenses into water, and that's where the water comes from, dripping out of the outside of your air conditioner or air handler, or maybe you and I would think of it as a furnace. The point being that humidity control is so, so important. And therefore, a unit that might appear to you as, well, golly, if I if I need three tons, let's just get three and a half tons. That decision may mean that your air conditioning may not run long enough to dehumidify. But then again, everything has a design range. So are you going to design your home so that the normal top end range is 100 degrees Fahrenheit? Because that might suggest, well, you need three tons. But if you want to design it for 110 degrees Fahrenheit, you might indeed need three and a half tons. So all of this uh, goes through the mind and the calculations, hopefully, of your heating and cooling contractor whom you choose to make this change for you. Just be aware there's a lot more engineering in choosing the right size of a unit because you also calculate what the glass is in your windows, how insulated your wall is, how much insulation is in this. Anyway, long and the short of it is if you have a poorly insulated house with holes in the wall, You need a lot more heating and cooling because you're losing it all one way or the other. So my point being, just be aware that the sizing of the unit is very, very important. 
And that's why some of these, um, what I would call higher-end air conditioning, air handler, uh, heating, cooling packages, uh, I advocate you get it all done at one time, changing out just the air conditioning. Uh, I understand, but when you get 15 years into a system, it's time to start looking at the new technology, mostly because of the features that come with it. It's kind of like having a 15-year-old car. If you change the engine, that car will work just fine. But the rest of the car is still 15 years old. So just be aware, have a really good, thorough, knowledgeable, and trusting conversation with your heating and cooling contractor because there's so much to it. And if you know them and you've trusted them for years, you can just say, yeah, Joe, go ahead, you know, put in the one you believe. But there's some really neat features that I urge you as consumers to do. Anyway, phone lines are wide open for you. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I've been on KMOX seems like forever. Uh, I love my Saturday mornings. I get to talk with uh, tens of thousands of my closest friends every Saturday. It's a great deal. I love it. I get paid to drink coffee and talk. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? I, I love it. Uh, we're going to get to the phone lines when I come back here on KMOX, but we uh, uh, got a lot of things to talk about. Air conditioning, preparing for the summer heat, and sprinting until the Cardinals whoop up on the Reds. Went to the game last night. Ooh, baby. It was an air-conditioned evening game. A little bit of sprinkles. Boy, howdy, though. It was comfortable, and we won. Anyway, Scott Mosby, KMOX. This is the voice of St. Louis, and I am at your service right here on KMOX. This is Carol Daniel, shot by a murder suspect, no pulse for 15 minutes. Monday morning on our expanded Total Information AM, hear from St. Louis police officer Colin Ledbetter on his journey back after he nearly died. Monday morning at 9.15 on KMOX. Connect with KMOX on air, online. 11.20 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX.com. Yeah, baby. Here we go. We are rocking out. It is University of KMOX. Scott Mosby right here with you. Hey, uh, this afternoon, a big event in Kirkwood. The Route 66 Cars and Guitars Festival is going on today. Great place. Good food. Lots of things happening. Great music, by the way. Uh, it's all in downtown Kirkwood. Uh, Kirkwood Road or Lindbergh Road, as you might know it. Uh, gets closed up, and it's a, it's a street fair, if you will. Anyway, it goes on pretty much all day in the evening, so it's uh, just keep in mind a lot of good things happening. Uh, musical, uh, Dr. Vegas, Nash Vegas, The Blue Sparks, Black Magic, Southside Creole Playboys, and Retro Boogie. So if you're following the music around this town, yeah, it's a good lineup. Scott Mosby here, KMOX. Uh, and by the way, I'll be down there somewhere, uh, Mosby Building Arts, my uh, alma mater, my home court, if you will. Uh, we've got a booth down there, so I'll be down there uh, looking at the cars, gawking, enjoying it as well. Let's go to the phones right now, light it up, and talk to my buddy Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? i uh, got a question. Um, there's a street crew uh, on our street replacing a lot of the uh, concrete slabs that are broken, and I was talking to um, one of the leaders on the, on the job about replacing my driveway. Mm-hmm. with uh with them and um i'm just curious if you had an opinion on them versus a traditional concrete uh contractor and secondly um i'm a little confused on the difference between is it river rock and merrimack rock yes in the driveway um 
So, uh, again, your opinions? Uh, actually, if you can, anybody that's there working uh, is a great deal, uh, frankly, because they do have the knowledge. They're aware of how to um, reinforce the concrete. So my um, my advice is if you can get them to do it, have them do it. Generally, it's going to be much less costly because the mobilization cost, basically getting the trucks out, moving the bobcats, all the equipment it takes, you know, that's 25, 30 percent the cost of the job. Well, if they're there already on site, um, that's a good turn. Uh, regarding the various rocks, the uh, stone or aggregate, as we call it, is limestone. So it's the white stuff that um, comes out of a quarry. You see it, you know, what you and I know as chat or gravel on a gravel road. River rock is typically referred to as Merrimack River rock, and it's the smooth orange rock and stone. That stuff is really hard and not porous. So what's happened, and, and here's the long and the short of this, Mike, is that we live in Concrete Central. That river rock, that Merrimack River sand and gravel, the sand is more jagged and the rock is harder, less porous, so when we use Merrimack um, aggregate, we get concrete that is superior to almost every place else. Um, then what happens is the difficulty in mining that or quarrying that out of the river, um, dredging, if you will, uh, has been replaced because quarried limestone is much easier to get, much less cost, costly. Um, and it's pretty good stone. It, you know, on the world order, we're par with that. But it's not at all the same concrete that comes out of the aggregate for Merrimack. And it costs different, you know, because you're buying premium stone, premium sand. But you would know it because it's an orange rock versus a white one. Orange being river, which means Merrimack River primarily. It comes from other rivers as well. I'm oversimplifying. And then when you get into sand, I'm going to bore you here. I'm going to go off on a scot. Um, river sand does not refer to Merrimack River. It refers to Mississippi, and it's the brown stuff. It's the gray color sand. Uh, not so much for the rocks because they don't get a whole lot of aggregate stone out of it, but river sand is very commonly used for mortal, mortar, bricklayers, stone masons, and all of that because it doesn't have that orange tint of the sand that will erode after 10 years of the mortar aging on a house. So uh, that's a little more than you wanted to know, but uh, <laughs> if you've got somebody that can and will pour Merrimack rock, it's great. And if you're going to do the exposed aggregate, you know the rock, then you have to. Then it's basically going to be Merrimack rock because that's the color um, for that orange color. Then you get into glacial, which is the smooth, and it comes in all. Anyway, away we go. I'll, I'll stop now because um, I'm a geek. Okay, <laughs> I was told that the. Um I believe it was the river sand over time that does it uh, leak, if you will, or it kind of farms lines in the, in the concrete, whereas the other one does not? Uh, yes, that's true because it's so jagged. If the concrete isn't vibrated or puddled thoroughly around that jagged rock, then there's more voids because it's got, you know, it, it you know, it's a very irregular, very tiny stone which if you get it vibrated in, which is literally big machines that just shake the bejeebas out of the concrete and make all the puddle and pool around, then it's really great. But that only happens about 80% of the time, you know, for production reasons, temperature, pace, and all that. So, yeah, there, I don't have a big 
preference on Merrimack or River Sand. So um, use whichever. Basically, your deal is okay. get the concrete guy to make a good decision for you. Buy the right guy and make sure he warranties it. Yeah, okay. Because he also, I believe he said that uh, they have a, an additive now that they put into concrete that uh, prevents that leaking, if you will, or that those streaks over time. Yes, yes. Well, there's a ton of additives. There's an entire industry around um you know, so, the, so that would negate the uh, the problem, I take it. Uh, wouldn't negate it. It softens the – you're buying insurance, um, so you're way better off putting that additive in than not. Uh, but it depends where they're but getting their sand. <clears throat> okay. And, th- and that goes by which ready mix company they're buying their concrete from as to whether they have access or, or readily use um, Merrimack sand or Mississippi River sand. So the sum is either one works as long as it's done correctly. Yeah, but they all work. I mean, it, I'll tell you what, it's hard to get bad concrete in this town. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, other than also, somebody it, messing up, you know? Yeah. Also, they said that there's a, a fibrous additive or material now that they put in sand. Yes. Or well, into in concrete sand. that really, yeah. really helps uh, maintain it. Uh, yeah. It, it's. Um, have you ever pulled apart a pillow and you see all the white fibers in it. Uh, that's a yes, polyester uh, fiber that, you know, we sleep on with pillows and comforters and stuff like that. Think of that in a high-tech, really strong fiber that gets crushed up into little short pieces and poured into the concrete. Uh, I do like fiber. I don't like fiber to be the only reinforcer. So if I've got some steel in there, maybe some mesh or some rebar in there, and then you throw fiber in there, that's a good concrete. Now, be, in, be aware that you can have fuzzy concrete because those fibers can stick up just like you know, oh. cotton balls. So they will wear off. They will break off. But sometimes they make a funky trowel finish because you just smooth that mag or steel trowel across it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of combing your hair so it doesn't lay down with the same uh, swirl consistency, broom consistency, or steel trowel. You know, smooth. Do you have an opinion on uh, swirling the concrete just for a uh, aesthetic look? Oh gosh, I, I yeah, I, I love. Uh, but this that's personal. Uh, I would say eighty percent of the concrete poured today is broomed, but uh, right. we live in a said. town mm-hmm. where there are cement finishers and stonemasons, where these these guys are artists. If you, I love a, a mag finish swirl, personally, uh-huh. it, because when they lay it down right, it's beautiful, just bloody beautiful. Well, thanks so much. All right. Yeah, good luck, Mike. Good questions. Uh, you just, you're just looking for the right guy to go on this trip with. Okay. Yeah. Hey, right. Have a good one. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Boy, do you, can you tell I like concrete? Yeah. Well, anyway, it's uh, my father was like this. Most of what I just shared <laughs> comes from Sam Mosby uh, more than 50 years ago. Let's go see what's happening with my buddy, Linda. Hey, Linda, good morning. Welcome to Scott. How can I help you this wonderful day? <laughs> Well, I have a concrete question, too. But, oh, baby, we're uh, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you gave me some insight. I had had a porch and steps and uh, part of an ad- extension on a patio done about seven years ago. And I must have had the good concrete because it was kind of orange. And then what they yeah. put in is more of the white. Yeah. Well, I've never had this problem before, but I have it now is I guess I don't know if that's mold or algae. I have dots of green down my steps on my porch and on the white part of the 
the newer part of the patio, and I don't know how to get it off. I've kind of researched. I tried, like, diluting Clorox. That didn't work. And I don't want to damage the concrete, so I don't know what to do. Yeah, well, you're kind of there. It's, it is dirty. Concrete is porous. Uh, limestone is porous. Limestone concrete is doubly porous. And that, that you're kind of getting into what's the real advantage of having a, con, a stone that doesn't absorb water. Well, it absorbs less. But concrete absorbs. It will get dirty. It will take stains from the blueberries you know, dropped from the birds, you know, to, to leaves, to just plain um, mildew. It's the same stuff that basically grows on your roof shingles, and it just stays warm and moist down in the concrete, and it's below the surface, and it just grows, and it turns black just like, you know, if you don't clean your shower for a while. So the long and the short of it is is scrubbing it out literally because you're removing the dirt. Uh, it can be power washed. Uh, if you get into some of these uh, high-tech concrete sealers, um, they come out with a power washing. It looks like a big floor buffer, but it's a big spinning, swirling thing. Uh, it will clean your concrete, which is the good news. And then you seal it. The bad news is once you clean that concrete, boy, how do you better seal it? Because it is now some hungry, clean, open-poured, limestone, ready-for-stained concrete. You see what mm -hmm. I mean? Just like when it was right. new, which is, you know. So, yeah, you're. It, it's not an, a problem with the concrete. It's just, um, you know, because of the way the trees and the sun and the wind does not get to your concrete, it, it stays wet longer and, you know. But is it, okay, so the limestone is different than what was in there before because I never had this on the previous right, right. concrete. Right. I'll bet, uh, it, well, I, about seven or eight years ago, it's almost all limestone concrete now. I just, yeah. it, it just while I wasn't yeah, looking, it changed, you know. Well, and this the, the original was put in probably like 40 years ago. So right, it's right. just the surface started. It had been iced and it broke, and so therefore it deteriorated. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is I need to clean it with what and then seal it with what? Uh, <laughs> probably professionally clean. If you really want to get that stuff out, you need somebody to come out with a pressure washer. And it's not a wand and, you know, back and forth like you rent something. It it literally is a round disc about two feet in diameter. And the pressure washer hooks up to that. And these things spin around very fast. So you don't really miss any. It's just like scrubbing a floor. Um, but they won't be able to do that on the steps because they wouldn't have it wouldn't be big enough. I mean, the steps yeah. wouldn't be big enough for well, those it. Those they do with a pressure washer wand. Those they do kind of by oh, okay. hand without that spinner. But the point being, you can do this yourself, but without that equipment. And it is available for rent, but it's stunning how clean the concrete can be. You'll be embarrassed to realize how dirty <laughs> the concrete is. It, it, it just is, you know. It's like, wow, I didn't know it was that dirty. And and truth be known, not all of those spots are going to come out because some of those things, you know, maybe really deep, you know, and stuck in one of those limestone rocks, you know, half inch down in the oh. surface, you know, so not everything okay. comes out, you know. So what would I, so should I consider sealing it then? Or if they, yeah. if I don't get it all out, forget about sealing it? I mean. If you're going to clean it, seal it. Okay. But, Any certain yeah. type of sealer? Uh, there's so many different kinds of sealers that it doesn't uh, matter. Uh, it, it does matter, but you need to oh. figure out who you're going to do business with because some of these guys have there's waterborne sealers, there's silicone based, which is kind of a solvent based sealer, uh, and they all only last two to three years in in the St. Louis area. So there's there's no, no forever. There's sealers that soak in to fortify the concrete. 
But as far as stains and what you and I commonly, you know, consumer-wise know as, as sealed, you know, it only lasts two years. And it just makes the stains easier to come out. It doesn't prevent the stains from happening. So I should just live with the green then. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's coming back. It's coming. I mean, most building arts used to do this because it was effective, but we could never align the consumer's expectations with the limited value we could deliver with this whiz-bang seal. It's like we're, you're only buying three years of, of top, right. of, you know, stain slow right. downer. So it, it just right. wasn't good for our reputation. So uh, it, okay. although it's still stuff that I do, I mean, and I encourage you to do it, just don't expect this to stop all your stains forever. It just won't. It's concrete. Well, I just, you know, it's it's one of those things that I never had to deal with. And it's like it's all in circles. Yeah. And it's just like and and I thought, well, I was reading about using vinegar, but then they said don't put vinegar on concrete. And I thought, OK, then I don't want to do that. I don't yeah, want to cause no, no. more problems. Mostly soap and, and it, water and pressure, hot, hot water. Um, because okay. vinegar's acid, so acid etches that really will destroy your concrete and stone yeah. tops, by the way. Yeah. So. so is there any certain companies you refer? I mean, I could call your office, but I didn't know if there was companies that do that to clean it. I'm, I'm out of touch with that. You can call our company. We do keep okay. a nice uh, spreadsheet of, okay. of cleaner and sealers. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would I start there. And I would assume that I had, after I had these steps that I put in, all of a sudden I was getting this like, white leaching at the bottom of the stairs, I would assume that's the limestone then? Yep, yep. and that's just normal drying out, curing, well, and, and rainstorm. When we get a whole, I mean, this year we yeah. just had boatloads of rain, and that'll leach out that lime mixed into that cement. It happens with yeah. mortar, it happens with concrete, okay. you know. Welcome to St. Louis. Well, I was just, I never had it before, and I had yeah. been here when the first time it was poured and all that, so it was like, this was a shock. I thought, oh my goodness, I've just never had this, but yeah. All right. Well, that sounds good. I will try to deal with it. Call your office on Monday and, and see what I can find out. Yep. For that. And, I, and I think you're right. I suspect that you didn't have it before because it probably was Merrimack stone and now you're getting limestone. I never really yeah. tied that together in my own mind, frankly, Linda, that. But, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because I, I said all the basement steps are still that, the the other stone, the darker, you know, and I kept yeah. thinking, why is this so different? Well, that's, I you've explained it to me why it's yeah, different. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care, Linda. Bye. Scott Mosby, home improvement, getting Gabby here again. You know how it is. Uh, locked in a room by myself, I get going. Uh, anyway, we're going to take a short pause. We'll come back for more on University of KMOX. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sundays at 10.15 on Sports Open Line. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show. I'm excited for not only the club, but for the fans. This is a, this is a special year for sure. On King MOX. Wow, yeah, a little moonwalk here in the studio. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's okay, Jay. Uh... All right, I'll get my medication adjusted any minute now. Let's go next up to my friend and see what's, uh, golly, let's see what's cooking with Bob. Hey, Bob, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you, my friend? Hey, Scott, I, I, got to, I hate to put you on the spot, and I'm glad to hear from you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's about kitchen budgets. Yeah. And uh, it's basically it's about differences of material. Uh -huh. I'll give you a little background right now. We have uh, Formica tops. I put them in 20 years ago. Uh -huh. My cabinets are from 1985. They're solid oak. They're pretty good, but they're, you know, they're just a little refurbishing. Yeah. And uh, 
I, you know, I can hear your uh, suggestions and comments on uh, uh, putting a uh, refacing, you know, or, or redoing the cabinets, you know what I mean? Color sure. wise. Yeah. Versus uh, just getting all new cabinets and uh, some quartz tops versus granite. So that's pretty much, you know, my budget question. You know, which one would would you think might be more efficient? Um, the it, Basically, you're buying time, Bob. It, it, and it's just, it's kind of like uh, my analogy with the heating cooling earlier, you know, replacing an engine in a car or replacing the whole car. The whole new car will mm-hmm. last you another 10, 15 years. You know, the end, the rest of the car will fall apart around the good engine. So uh, mm-hmm. when you reface and ref, you can refinish those oak cabinets, you can reface those cabinets. Uh, countertops are pretty quick and easy to change. You usually get into backsplash tiles on something like that as well. Uh, the hardware on the cabinets really is what wears out first. So the finish, when, in this part of the country, you get some oak cabinets. It's the finish that needs to be redone, but the hardware is usually, be, you know, that one cutlery drawer that you use 38 times a day is the one that wears out the sink uh, door underneath the kitchen sink. You know, all that takes the finish. Anyway, long and the short of it is, if you're really going to pull the cabinets out and start over, it's all, it's two, three times the budget, and it's two, three times the, the life. It, it really just kind of gets down to that. How many dollars? It'd be about the same dollars per year, but it just what do you want? What do you expect? And, and do you have that money available to you to, to do a real kitchen remodel versus a, a facelift? Can I ask you this question? Sure. If, uh, you know, if they're going to refinish uh, cabinets, let's say we just use all the existing doors, you know, maybe, maybe oh, yeah. replace the hardware, yeah. would they have to take the cabinets down no. In order to do all the finishing, they can do it while they're still in, in place. Yeah. Now, the doors typically come off. They might spray the doors off, off-site or outdoors or something like that. So the cabinet hardware comes off. Uh, refinishing, yeah. repainting. This goes back to metal cabinets where, um, you know, there was a company in Webster, Voss, that did the specialized in this for years. So anyway, the point being, refinishing good cabinets has been... Uh, part of our life for half a century, not a problem. Uh, so it's a, so it's would, a yeah, it all just, doors come off, but the cab boxes yeah. stay on the walls. That that would be the most uh, cost effective. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. if and, and if your if your boxes and your doors are solid, that's a good choice. You know, it's about a third the yeah. cost of the cabinet purchased. You know, not installed, but you know, if you've got you know, 15000 in cabinet purchases, generally it'll cost you about yeah. 5000 to refinish your existing cabs. Yeah, we've got a lot of doors and yeah. a lot of drawers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you'll find that out when it... And it's hard to find somebody that really specializes in that because it's kind of, you know, there's spray painters and then there are car spray painters. They're not really yeah, the yeah. same guys, yeah. you know? Well, where do you look for those those? folks i mean what's the best uh, resources for that uh word of mouth uh you're welcome to call our company i'm not sure who we've got to do it uh, you know for our own projects for our own clients okay. we typically redo it our, ourselves but we don't do a whole lot of refinishing uh gotcha. frankly we're we're you know we're our our niche is you know give me another 50 years on my kitchen it's like all right we're fixing plumbing electric and all the rest 
Gotcha. I need about another twenty twenty-five if I'm if I'm right. Well, <laughs> your re- your refinished cabinets may not last you twenty or twenty-five. It's kind of like yeah. the refinishing the bathtub thing. It's a spray finish. It's not the same as a new tub. So if you're twenty okay. to twenty-five, you may uh, have to bite the bullet. And uh, the average length of a kitchen remodel is twenty years because it falls out of style and people don't get tired of it working. They get tired of the way it looks. So most kitchens are yeah. a style fashion change. And kind of, yeah, that's exactly the dilemma that we're in, you know, and of course, you know, everybody's, you know, going to be about conscious yeah. on, on both sides of the fence, whether you're the, the person doing the work or the, or the homeowner, you know, you have to kind of yeah. be able to work together and uh, come up with a solution. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate you taking my call and love your show and uh, uh, I wish you well. Oh, thanks, Bob. You too, brother. Okay. You have a good one then. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, Camel Act. Let's see if we can sneak one more in here. Uh, uh, let's talk with my buddy Margie about concrete. Hey, newsflash, we're talking concrete. Hey, Margie, what's happening? Hi. Um, well, we had a concrete patio put in two years ago, uh-huh. and uh, after winter, it's all pitted. Ooh. Um, I called the original installer, and he said that just happens, and it's not his fault, and it's you know, it could be the people that he got the concrete from. Right. But now I have a, a nice large patio that's full of pits. Yeah. And you can see like little rocks underneath each one of those pits. So my question is now, what do I do? Can I fill that somehow or no? is there a surface <laughs> to put over it? Uh, that's the way to go at it, frankly. Uh, that's unfortunate. It does get to that same limestone issue, those new rocks that we're using, limestone versus the river rock, the old orange stuff. Those limestone rocks hold the moisture. The freeze comes, that pocks and pops, and the it just blows the surface of the concrete off in a freeze form. So that's what you've gotten. Um, if the stones are too close to the surface and you don't get enough what's called soup or actually cement a slurry over the top of that stone, that's kind of what you get. It's largely yeah. in the concrete, and it does happen, and it, it, it is hard for the cement finisher to control that because it does have a lot to do with the mix. The long and the short of it is uh, you didn't have any control over it either, so it's kind of a consumer warranty issue on that. But, yes, you can fix all those little pocks. That's uglier than what you're looking at right now because it's going to be a darker, different color concrete. So now at least all those pox, divots, and, you know, craters are the same color. When you're finished patching right. it, it'll look like a, you know, polka dot, uh, you know, Dalmatian dog. <laughs> yeah. So Is there any kind of an epoxy or something that could be mm-hmm. put on professionally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are all kinds of, there's acrylic um, that can go down on the top of that. There's uh, epoxy finishes, epoxy stone finishes. There's a ton of things uh, depending on, you know, how much concrete you have. And the, and the other choice is replacing the concrete, too, you know. Yeah, it's big. It's like 20 by 24. Oh, wow. It's a big pad, yeah. yeah. And uh, is it a patio? Yeah, so it's fully exposed to the sun. Yeah, you can look at even putting, you know, a surface over the top of that, like a brick or a stone or a something, but long and the short of it is, that also pox and pox. So just where those little pieces of concrete popped off, if you put tile or stone over it, those can pop off too from the same freeze-thaw cycles. It, it's, it, you know, we just live in a tough concrete place. Right. <laughs> 
So who, what kind of contractor would I look for to do that work? Uh, like a concrete coatings. Um, okay. And, uh, and, and keep in mind, epoxy gets done in warehouses, um, Ameren, you know, the nuclear power plant. So, you know, there are companies around and products around that are capable of doing this. Uh, you, you can call our company. We'll give you. I mean, again, we keep a spreadsheet on all this because we buy all these services yeah. all the time. Okay. Yeah. Well, gives me some place to start at least. <laughs> yeah. There's. There. Yeah. There, you're just in the soup. I'm sorry, Margie. Those are. Yeah. That's a tough place to be. There. I don't have any good news for you, really. Right. And when you already spent all that money. Yeah. yeah. And a year later, it's not even. Yeah. You know, in good condition. Kind of sad. It's a different world. Where I don't, the concrete we're pouring today is not the same that we did 40 years ago, largely because of that aggregate. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay, March. Take care. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. I'm getting the hook from the side of the stay. Oh, uh, we'll be back after this. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. lively here on University of X, and stay tuned we've got Cardinals coming up right after this news weather and sports we're going right into the Cardinal pregame show cards versus the Reds right here on X. let's uh, talk with my buddy Rick and see what's happening hey Rick good morning welcome to X, my friend how can I help hey Scott yes, love sir. your show thank you back to concrete right on um, yeah, we, have a, we have a we have a screened in porch with a uh, concrete surface, we're trying to figure out how best to either stain it or paint it such that it's not going to be slippery when it gets wet. Okay. Is it smooth now? It is. Ooh, wow. Uh, fairly smooth. It's it's brushed. It's lightly brushed. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, how much weather gets to it? I mean, how much uh, soaking rain gets to it? On a good rain, when it blows in, we're going to have, um, we have to sweep it out. It's kind oh of my. pooled. Wowzer. Now, it uh, doesn't doesn't sit very long, but it's only in certain portions. Yeah. But yeah. just wanted to. Well, on a screen porch, the reason I ask is you can actually put tile over the top of that or a nice, I mean, you can make this really nice um, and take some of that slope out. Uh, keep in mind, you have floating concrete slabs that move and raise with the heat and cooling. So some of your, you know, grout joints on whatever whatever I'm talking about gets ground up during the spring and the fall when, you know, the soil moves again and the slab moves. So that's a possibility. And likewise, you know, with my uh, caller with Margie, there are acrylic. It's like a cream finish comes in big five-gallon buckets and you have to clean and etch the concrete so that it takes, and then you have this acrylic cream. It's like a really thick paint that gets troweled on. It can be sloped a little bit. Um, then you have your epoxy paint, uh, which, which is epoxy primer, usually a, a polyurethane finish. Um, those tend to be pretty slick, and to make those non-slick, they throw aggregate in it, which means sand. So you've got a sandpapery-like beautiful painted floor which then it's not something you can easily mop you're now spraying it off because you can't really i mean you can brush you can broom it but you can't really mop it because the mop gets stuck on the the aggregate so acrylic epoxy there's the epoxy stone then you get to brick stone ceramic tile porcelain tile things like that 
Um, but the, the advantage of laying something over it is you get the opportunity to drain it a little better. You can put a little slope into where it isn't. Uh-huh. At least okay. until your third winter when the slabs all move again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, appreciate it. You got some alternatives to think about. Yeah, uh, I am. I'm not a fan of indoor outdoor carpet. Once you put indoor outdoor carpet on it, the it, it the adhesive on that just stains the concrete, and you can never do anything but that. And it's hard to clean, and it does hold water. You know, in this humidity, it'll mold and mildew on you too. Uh, yeah, don't want that. Nope. Nope. All right. Hey, thanks. Okay, well, thanks very much. Okay, Ron, take care. Or Rick, take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Remember, we've got uh, cars and guitars in Kirkwood downtown. Keep that in mind. Route 66 on the old historic Route 66, which in that section of town is Lindbergh, or as it goes through Kirkwood, we uh, for people out of town, we trick them and change the name of the town. So, you know, in a 100-foot driving path, they leave Lindbergh and they go to Kirkwood Road without ever leaving the same through way. Anyway, uh, so this is in downtown Kirkwood uh, by the train station-ish, kind of north of there. They're shutting down all of Kirkwood Road for that for the car show. So it's a, it's a good gathering, music all day. I'll be around there. Mosby Building Arts somewhere, we've got a booth for uh, phone chargers. So if, like myself, you tend to run out of juice on your phone as you're walking about and taking photos and such, yeah, we've got you covered on uh, charging stations. So anyway... Cars and Guitars, Scott Mosby Home Improvement, Reds versus the Cards coming up here right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. It's a great day. Today is the pick of the litter today. Manana becomes a little rainier, so today's the day to get out and about right here in the loo on KMOX. Scott Mosby next week.